Welcome to the March 13th edition of the PFF Forecast. We are back together again in studio, and we have a great episode here. We're going to decide what uh, the name uh, that we're going to call our podcast listeners are. We've got some great candidates. We're going to discuss Calvin Ridley. Pour a little out for um, listener of the podcast, I guess, Calvin Ridley. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the crazy moves. we got a little Carson Wentz action. Um the Deshaun Watson thing, where might he end up? Um, hopefully it's the Seahawks, so I can hate them even more. Um, we're going to talk about the Cowboys and a lot of interesting things there with what the Cooper trade kind of stood for, what we think of Dak Prescott. We're going to dive into free agency and the draft with the cornerback class uh, and talk about where value might be their free agency or in the draft. We're going to do some ball sack or just whack. And we've got recommendations. I've got a full review of food I ate in Vegas. It's going to be fantastic. Let's rock. Start here. Should we start with the uh, the name of people listening to the podcast? We had some good and some bad submissions. I think so. Like so, let, let's look at some, um, and, and I'm going to attach names to some because I think that they're pretty cool. Adam Candy, who uh, is a like a veteran a radio host, TV host in the sports betting space, uh, came up with tail creatures. Remember, I called Aaron Donald a yeah. tail creature yeah. during the last podcast. Yeah. I actually like that one. I feel like though there's a little entendre that oh, we don't think? that we don't want to like. You think in, there's a little double entendre there? Yeah, yeah, Is that yeah. what you're interesting? So I, like like if 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 somebody drafting like Malik Willis so. is chasing tail, I don't think we really want to like like mix those together. Yes. you know what I mean. I think it's a there's a real <laughs> there's a real difference in the type of tail you're chasing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like tail creatures as a is a very good submission we can't use this very good submission we yep. can't use uh forecasters that seems like a pretty like, the hey, middle. like somebody comes up to me at, at the comments and say, hey i'm a forecaster it's not like you want a job like I, so i don't know about that caster hey i'm a caster that like is a little bit closer to like oh yeah you listen to our show i don't have to like double think yeah it. But that also sound. If you're a caster, it kind of sounds like you're playing. You're well, playing. Well, it's, it's dice. gonna be it's gonna be me tonight at the, on the on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also yeah. It also sounds like you're just telling people that in a really lame way that you do podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a caster. Yeah, okay, I'm a caster. bro. Sick. <laughs> um, did you have any that you liked? I I think the one the the one that I liked is the one that I think we're gonna have to go with. And um, it, I mean, it's the syndicate. You remember the syndicate and the great thing about the syndicate and just saying, yeah, I'm a part of the syndicate is it kind of pokes a little bit of fun at, you know, it's not taking ourselves too seriously. Um, there are obviously real betting syndicates out there. They're a closely knit group of, of betters who ride or die with one another. I feel like that's what we are. Um, and it, it, to me, it encapsulates what's great about our listeners which is that they they enjoy they enjoy betting and being a part of it and yet they don't have to take themselves too seriously even though they are rigorous and they care about you know making smart mathematical based decisions yeah i like that so hey you come up to one of us at at or somewhere or this is the most frequent one and like my dad will be on an airplane. He's like sits next to somebody, starts a conversation with them. Which, by the way, like that's the difference between myself and my father. You're not starting conversations <laughs> with people on an airplane. Blinders guy. Like, I mean, when I was younger, like a cute girl sat next to me on the plane. Yeah, I would. But oh, like, really? Yeah. Okay, I've never done that. I yeah, I when I was not married. Obviously, I also but, don't think I've ever had a cute girl sit next to me on a plane. Yeah, it's it was. I, I, I think <laughs> that it's probably like far two between. out of a hundred. Probably here's here's the the distribution for me about people that I get <laughs> sat next to on a plane: extremely overweight human being or human being that is eating some pungent, gross yeah. food. That number well, is over a hundred. Well, because here's the difference between you and me, though. When I was in grad school, like back college, grad school, all those different times, when I like. I was like, I didn't have enough money to buy like a nice first class ticket or, or even like Comfort Plus or something. Yeah. So I was in coach. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the, the type of women I would find attractive were, were 
very comfortable in coach, right? Oh, like, I see. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Whereas like nowadays, both you and I, like we'll upgrade to first class, upgrade to, you know, and, and we don't upgrade to, and I'm a bigger guy. I need it for the leg room, but like we don't upgrade to first class because we need it necessarily, but the person sitting next to us might. That's true. Maybe that's what, because I, I, because you are a person of class. You, when's the last time you flew? Well, when's the last time the proportion, like over time, the rolling average of the number of flights you've t taken included more than 50% like coach, not even comfort plus, like coach or worse, 50%. Uh, last time? Last time that dipped below. Because I know you've flown coach before, but yeah, I'm talking yeah, about absolutely. like when, when is time. the proportion, when has the proportion not been? I mean, I'm trying to think of, so the reason that I don't fly coach a lot is that I've racked up like miles and status yeah. because I've done long distance with my girlfriend right. for a long time. And so I've done like New York to LA flights, like a lot. And so I've been lucky because when you rack up status and then I don't upgrade with money a lot. Like I just, yeah, that's uh, the same with me too. Right. I just upgrade so I just with like, miles. Yeah. I just get, um, I'll either get complimentary upgrade or, you know, do throw a few miles people's way. So it has been a little while. I will say this though. I took a red eye, um, this past week. And I don't know if I've ever dreaded a red eye as much as I did this because it was in the middle of the week. And yeah. I was like, this is going to kill me. And I got onto the plane and I was so tired. I'd never been this tired. And I actually slept. I, I, I have two, both of my last two return trips from Boston and then Minneapolis. And granted, both times I had too much to drink the night before. Oh, so that'll do it. <laughs> and like that, that, like I had, I actually think I wore the sweatshirt. I want them. I don't I think I took it. my hood off in both flights wow so like i just like i boarded the plane looking looking yeah super the key, fresh the key for me was that i woke up at i just woke up really early right that morning and so i was i was toast um so the syndicate so so, so, so anyway my dad my dad people come yeah. up to my dad in airports and be like oh who are you and he's like oh yeah my my son works pff he's like oh what, what's his name and then they'll say my name and they're like oh i listen to the podcast like oh. my dad like every flight sits next to somebody who listens to the podcast and now they'll have a way they'll have a, a way, to way to refer to, to themselves yeah, yeah. Remember I'm, the a, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a i'm part of the syndicate yeah there you go well welcome everybody part of the syndicate also part of the syndicate is calvin ridley who i mean everyone knows the story by now but basically placed a parlay in a, a Florida. A few parlays. Like, wasn't just a, it was okay. a few parlays. A few, but, yeah. but no one places one parlay. No. Okay, no, so no. let's not, let's not pretend that he's like a degenerate, addicted gambler, okay? He placed many parlays, just like every human on the planet. <laughs> While not with the team, uh, remember this was after he left the team. He was in Florida where gambling is legal. It wasn't as if he was, you know, going legally through some bookie and has been suspended for an entire season. I'll just say this. I think this is absolutely freaking ridiculous. And um, I think we've talked about it a few times. The point of the rule against wanting players to bet on games is we don't want them influencing the integrity of the game. Can I'm Maybe I'm blind here, but I'm having a hard time figuring out how Calvin Ridley in fucking Jacksonville, Florida, wherever the hell he was, was able to impact the integrity of the Atlanta Falcons games that were happening. Well, okay, so there's a few issues. So so I, I'm gonna explain this, I think, my reasoning for why I think, now, the, the size of the suspension, I think, is the biggest issue. Yes, right? that is and, the biggest issue. And, but I, I absolutely believe he should, should be suspended. I do think he should be suspended for a length of time that, I, I think he should be suspended for a length of time that would basically rule out that he could ever bet on a game he'd be involved in, right? So the issue, so- What, a couple, what do you mean by that? Well, so if he placed a bet in November, so he was he he technically could have come back on the team and influenced the game he bet on, right? Because he could have bet on like a, a game of the year, a futures game, or something, or or bet on a future like and been involved and come back to the team because he wasn't out for the season. Did he do that? Well, no, but he could. Like that's the whole problem. Is like the 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 whole issue is, and and I'm gonna get back to the reasoning here. So NFL players cannot bet on NFL games. They can bet on, I believe, they can bet on other professional sports games. Mm -hmm. People who work in the NFL, so NFL Network, people who work on teams can't, can't, bet on can't bet on any sports. And the reason for that is that they have access to information on other leagues at, by being a part of that cohort that would give them an unfair advantage. Mm -hmm. So my my big issue is, 
as a, a member of the Atlanta Falcons, he probably had like take away the fact that he could influence a game. Okay. Like, yeah, th- they're taking is, that away because there was no chance he was in. But he could inf- he could have influenced the game. Like he wasn't on IR. He wasn't out for the season. He was out for that week. Could have, but did not. Yeah, but I don't think that that should be because your choice to come back or not could also be influenced by what you've bet. Or like th- there's just all this cans. Of, there's these cans of worms that like you open up when you allow players to bet. Now, again, the fact that his suspension is longer than what we've seen for domestic violence abusers, yeah. for um, you know other, other situations where, that are causing not just him, but other people real harm, that's the black eye for the league. I don't think that suspending him for an entire season is that egregious. But the league needs to make sure and I think that right now they're falling short of this. The league needs to make sure that every single dime that is made off of uh, off of gambling, you know, especially the proliferation of legal gambling, is part of league revenue and is shared in the proportions that yes. all other league revenue are with the players. Because what looks bad, and, and this is like, in my opinion, and I, I don't mean ignorant as in like, oh, you're stupid, but like the most ignorant thing I've, I saw on Twitter that day, or or even like Mike Florio, whomever, was, oh, the league is profiting off of gambling and the players can't profit off of themselves. It's like, no, the the league the is... The league is the, the league, players. Yeah, the players are part of the league. Now, the, it there are, and I asked Brad Spielberg about this, but there there are aspects of... There, there are gambling monies that the league are, league is taking in that is not, not part sure. of league revenue. Yeah. And that's the problem, is that players are not taking part in this explosion of league popularity. Is it all of it? Or is it a certain... Like, right now, I believe it is carved in where if, if, it, if, if it is bet on on or near stadia within the league, then it's league revenues. Everything else... Like, yeah. So, for me, the but, question... But, like, the um, whatever DraftKings and FanDuel are paying to be official sports books of the NFL, I be- those kinds of things are not... I do not believe so. Now, here's the question. What about, like, ad revenue? That, that So, I believe ad revenue is indirectly going to the players because, mm-hmm. you know, you have the TV deals, yeah. and then the TV deals, essentially, essentially when the TV deal happens, it's it's the uh, network that's paying the NFL. Right. But they're they're making a gamble on themselves, saying we could raise this money in ad, ad right. revenues if we just had your games. So, essentially, those deals are going to be big... Because they anticipate being because able to generate money, yeah. ad revenue from. So in, again, that's the players benefiting from gambling. The again, I think from the integrity issue, the Calvin Ridley thing is on the borderline because he wasn't playing. But there are enough way. There are still enough ways where you can have influence over what's happening in order to. It, where it get it, to me, I just think you have to err on the side of no gambling for yeah. active players. And and yeah, again, I, no, active I, as I, in like. I agree with you 100%. The issue for me is not that I wouldn't suspend him, but that 16 games, suspending the guy for the entire season. Now, your point around what he could have done, agree, right? He did not do that. This was not some malicious, contrived, you know, I'm going to go influence a game. And that that matters. That definitely does matter, oh, okay? Intent. And you can send a message without suspending a guy who... Look, I'm just going to say this. Like, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson here. If my team or a GM or a head coach signed Deshaun Watson, like, I would think of them differently. I would be... Mm-hmm. I, I could not root... I cannot root for him because of, you know, a preponderance of, of allegations mm-hmm. that, you know, if you have that many people that are saying the same thing, yada, yada, yada. Okay. To, to think about the difference between willfully putting someone in, in a position like that mm-hmm. versus someone like Calvin Ridley, who's in, ignorantly putting the league in a somewhat, you know, compromised mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. and saying, one of the, like, those two things are not like, th- it just is ridiculous to me. Yeah. And the, so suspend the- him for two or three games, um, you know, make an example of him that way and You pointed this out on Twitter, I think, and this is the best part of this whole thing. They caught him. Yeah. They caught him because legalized betting allows you to regulate and know these things so much more easily. And that's the win. Yeah. The win for the league is we found a player that was betting on it. 
we found it early and we were able to nip it yep. in the bud. And that was that was the whole thing. It was a recommendation uh, that we had probably a few months ago, which was Bad Sport, if you want. That's still up on Netflix. Um, it is a, a documentary where the first episode was Hedick. Um, I can't remember Hedick's last name, but he was the Arizona State's player who was being paid $20,000 a game to throw games. And one of the real reasons he got caught was because the majority of this money was being wagered on onshore in Nevada and they have systems for that, right? Like the more of betting. So everybody's sort of saying, oh, this is this is where it gets like shady and this is legalized betting. You know, the, the proliferation of legalized betting is really going to fuck stuff up. And it's like, well, not, I, in this particular case, I think it, it, save, it, 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 it increases the integrity of the game. I mean, our friend Rufus Peabody was one of the people who was studying when Tim Donahue was fixing games as a referee for yeah. the NBA. Like the the more that you the more people you have in the gambling space, the more that you can spot irregularities within what's happening. Um, the more that this stuff is offshore, the more that this stuff is on you know local bookies uh, who are doing things illegally, the less likely we are to figure out things yeah. before they get too big. So and and again, like this is not the first time this has happened. So Josh Shaw, who was a defensive back for the Cardinals at the time, he was placed on injured reserve in August 25th of 2019. Um, he uh, placed a three-team parlay, um, including a bet against his Cardinals team at a sportsbook run by Caesars Entertainment in Vegas. And they found him, and they so Goodell suspended him for all of 2019, which he was on injured reserve, couldn't yeah. come back. And then all of 2020, he's now on one of these USFL teams that's starting in about a month. So, like, this is actually less uh, onerous than that one. Yeah. But again, it's still it's one of those where the league found a way. Because I agree, I think you would suspend him for a year, you set his clock back a year, you kind of you don't ruin his career, but you make it. Really tough for him to assume his career. So every other player who's thinking about placing a bet, even in situations, and I bet it went through Ridley's head. I'm not playing. Yeah. I can't even watch the games. I'm doing all this. And he and like again, I I have a ton of empathy for him because he. I mean, he left the team because he was suffering through mental illness. Yeah. Like this, this, I feel bad for him because this is just another thing on his plate. Yeah. But it shows everybody within the league, whether you're Patrick Mahomes who's playing every game and, yeah. and you have the most influence over every game, or you're practice squad guy on injured reserve was influence over nothing betting is not now the yeah. in, in classic the, the, pro and a, the problem is that you should also be sending the message that soliciting acts of sex during massages yeah. are also well really the wrong. nfl in a classic move for them is even when they did the right <laughs> How about thing, that they even when they did the right thing they uncovered things they were doing poorly yeah right that's, like that's uh, that's the that's nfl fair. in a nutshell okay um before we move on to some of the other things that are happening in the nfl like the cowboys um sending away amari cooper and uh the Chargers trading for Cleo Mack. Go grab a PFF subscription, get 25% off with promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. We should probably change that promo code to syndicate because, you know, syndicate, we're going to go share all of our, uh, all of our subscriptions with everybody. Go send them, send your best friends a uh, little heads up, get them a subscription for 25% off. You get all of PFS locked article content, NFL draft guide, which is going to be getting Upgraded and updated very soon with new information and new rankings. Completely unlock the mock draft simulator. Get our 2022 free agent rankings, drafts, uh, data, grades, and more. Plus, if you get an elite subscription, you'll be set up for both fantasy and betting for next year. 25% off with promo code FORECAST. Khalil Mack to the Chargers. What would you make of that? Uh, it's another example of the salary cap mattering rookie quarter, rookie deal quarterback having matters. Um, it also to me shows how, I, I don't know, like to me, it shows like, again, like the, the most valuable thing in the NFL is a, is a very good quarterback on a rookie deal yeah. and having the cap space, um, to, to do that, having the cap space to capitalize on that means you don't have to give up that much. They gave up a second and a sixth for him. Khalil Mack, his contract is like $30 million a year for the next three years, but they can get out of it at any time with no dead money. Um, it's a very good deal for the Chargers. And I think, um, you know, th I think they're plus 350 now. I got them at plus 350, plus 400. I got them at plus 350. And then the Denver Broncos acquired Russ, and I felt like an idiot. And then I took him back at 400 again. Mm -hmm. And then they got Khalil Mack, and now I believe they're back down to 350. You know, I'm being suckered in here because I think unlike other Chargers teams, this one 
Like, uh-oh. Th- this Chargers team is, isn't stupid, I think. And that's the difference between other Chargers teams that had tons of talent and this one here, which has tons of talent, but I also think is going to give themselves every chance to win. Look, if they could somehow get out of Lombardi's offense, which just makes my eyes bleed, I would place a sizable bet on them at plus 350, even though it would be locking up some cash there. The Broncos are getting a ton of love, and obviously we, we spent a ton of time on our last podcast. If you haven't listened, go listen with Ben Baldwin talking about Russ and, and the Cowboys. There is a, the simple fact that he is coming to a new team a new first-time head coach is coming there. There are a lot of unknowns. The Broncos could end up being absolutely fantastic. They mm-hmm. sure they could go sign Von Miller, you know, back and have that great edge rush. They have some solid players on defense. Justin Simmons on the back end, um, solid offensive line, a lot of weapons. But I mean, the Chargers have an incredible set of superstar players. You think about. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton is a really good third wide receiver. Um, They stacked their offensive line last year. They rebuilt it. Um, They have a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And you have arguably a top five quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So like to me, it's ridiculous that the Chargers are not at least the same odds as the Broncos. I think that is – yeah patently ridiculous can, can we so so somebody and this is i was doing a show with soren petro friend uh, last friend of the podcast member of the syndicate. and some member of the syndicate and he and somebody was like well don't you advise building your offense first you know because this mm-hmm. is a defensive move right and i went back and looked like no like, like this is what this is what makes me happy about the chargers if you if you have bets on them they get herbert right a lot of us didn't like herbert i wasn't a big fan of herbert yep. herbert gets out there now they go seven and nine they started what was it like three and nine, and then they had four game winning streak. They fire their head coach. They bring Staley in. Last year's offseason was signing Keenan Allen to an extension, signing Jared Cook, signing Brian Balaga, signing Corey Lindsley, drafting, drafting Rashawn Slater. Slater, put getting uh, Austin Eckler on a reasonable deal to yep. be their running back. Um, and then what? And that was the first. That's the first shove of, mm-hmm. of chips. And then Herbert Herbert takes that. And granted, again, they only went nine and eight. The Chargers jokes notwithstanding. But the entire year was Justin Herbert proving that with that kind of support, he could be a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the Barty thing is is the troubling thing about yeah. this. But we all believe that Justin Herbert is it, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's coming back. Because really, like ultimately, if they make the playoffs, let's let's think about a, a secondary situation. Let's say they can stop the run against the Raiders and they finish nine, seven, and one. Yep. What was the Bengals' record this year? Right, ten and seven. Yeah. Right, if they go into the playoffs as the charge, and, and they go to the Super Bowl, they, 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 yeah. they, I'm, I'm not saying they were, but I'm just saying like it's not as far fetched. No, right. So what do they do? They come back and say, okay, offense is good. We're going to keep yeah. Mike Williams around. They have the luxury, by the way. This is this is this is again, and like I bring it everything back to the Chiefs. That's the Sammy Watkins signing. Mm-hmm. Twenty million a year for Mike Williams is too much, yep. but it's like. It's a rounding error to this team that had the most salary cap space among every team in the NFL. And then they go and they get Khalil Mack. I guarantee you they're going to shore up the interior of the defensive line, whether that be Sebastian Joseph Day in free agency Jordan or Davis. Jordan Davis in the draft. They're going to get a linebacker with a clue, and they're going to shore up the secondary. Depth was an issue for them. But they guess what? You have money to acquire depth. Well, we're going to talk about cornerback today. There's a ton of guys there. Yep. And so they did – They. And again, this is one of the reasons why I'm bullish on the Chargers. They're doing it the right way. You draft a quarterback, you start over, you give them offense to make them prove it, and then you give them defense to help them get over the top. And that's a pretty good approach. And you have a coach who uses all four downs. I I love investing in superstars that have disproportionate value given the team they're on. Yeah. This is what we saw. More utility for one team than another. This is what we saw with Von Miller and the Broncos. He had almost negative utility to the Broncos who just needed a better draft pick. And he didn't want to play for a shitty team. He he shouldn't have had to. The guy's a stud. Comes over to the Rams, re-energizes a 93 PFF grade, eats people for lunch in the playoffs, and is a huge reason why they won the Super Bowl. Khalil Mack over there 
getting a uh, PFF grade of 92 for the Bears. He and Akeem Hicks over there trying to put the team on yeah. their back while Matt Nagy Nick, flushes it down yeah, the toilet. Nick Foles is, Nick Foles is getting sacked every yeah. third play. The, the difference yeah. in Khalil Mack playing for the Bears versus Khalil Mack playing for the Chargers is absolutely massive. And that's why this trade, it was so fantastic. And it's, look, I, I hate to be the person that's on the Chargers bandwagon. Yeah. I think they're the most talented team in the division. Yeah, I, I, I think they're the, they, on paper, head co- coaches aside, and you don't overweigh a quarterback, you know, too dramatically because I think that's where you get to From the Chiefs. From two to right? fifty-three, it's either them or Denver, and, and it's, it's them. In and, my opinion. and I think it's them. Given, it's the Chargers. Yeah. And when you then take in head coach, and this is interesting, okay? You take in head coach. I know Andy Reid is amazing. It wasn't great last year. It wasn't. It was not great last no. year. I will take a, a. I will put Brandon Staley up against anybody. Where, it, where I am concerned is you look at who's... Brandon Staley's a defensive guy. The offense is really important. What Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy can do for the offense in Kansas City, to me, is the, is the one silver bullet. Yeah. That combination with Mahomes, the ability... They, they have so much continuity there with, with Kelsey and Hill. And obviously, they have questions. You know, A second pass catcher is a real issue, and that's why the Chargers are so tempting here because they have the better, more talented team. The one difference is whether they can get over the hump from an offensive scheme perspective. Because remember that? I mean, you brought up the Raiders game. The only reason that game was even close is because Justin Herbert is converting fourth and mm-hmm. N plus He's overcoming 10. overcoming a lot, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and N is anywhere from 5 to 10. I mean, 15, fourth and 20, yeah. fourth and 22. The yeah. guy's insane. But you can't ask him to do that and you know make the playoffs and then go on a run um the the afc south is the is the other division for the afc west which again if you're looking at you can look at it one and i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this with two different points when you're thinking about betting Mm -hmm. the afc south is the division for the afc west right so all four of those teams get the jaguars the titans the texans and the colts I would not bet a win total under on any team in that division other than maybe the Raiders. But even the Raiders, I think, have too good of a quarterback to fade that much. As of now. Yeah. And I then the NFC could end up in Indy. Right. Um, and then the 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 off the ninth away game that the Chargers have is against the Falcons. So I'll just we, say Can I just tell everyone here? So, you know, before the podcast we're figuring out what we're gonna talk about and um Eric had written down the Matt Ryan restructure. And I was like, let's not talk about Matt Ryan. And we spent literally five minutes swear words every other word with respect to the Falcons. We're not talking about this podcast. They are not the PFF Falcons anymore. I am out on the Falcons. Here's selling. The Chargers. It's the PFF Chargers. (laughs) Here's the last thing I'll say. And this is, again. You promise? Yes. These are the top let's say six teams in, in well no, let's do eight eight teams in cap space this year colts jets just drafted a guy on the rookie deal dolphins quarterback on a rookie deal seahawks right seahawks and colts are kind of in the same yep. area jaguars just drafted a guy on a rookie deal yep. bengal's guy on a rookie deal raiders and then the and then the bears just drafted a guy on a rookie deal the the fact is like it is so tr- like the, the and if you're looking for teams to bet on and you're looking for a team let's say you want to do some alt overs Right, you maybe don't want to bet the Jets over five and a half or whatever, but maybe you want to bet them over ten. No, like plus four hundred. No, I don't. Because like the thing is, is everybody's looking for the next Bengals, right? Everybody's yeah. looking for the next Bengals, and it's going to be one of those teams. It's like I don't Does know which one. Does there have to be a next Bengals? There doesn't have to be, but I'm saying it's going to come from the the group of teams. And last year we were talking ourselves, we talked ourselves into a couple bets on the Jags for the same reasons. Like your whole offensive nucleus yeah. is on rookie deals, and they're all talented. And if you could just have a coach with a clue, you might actually have a chance to win this godforsaken division. Like the same thing's true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, it's a really good point. We're going to talk about a team that doesn't have a quarterback on a rookie deal in just one second. Before we do, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, if you're betting on anything, it's probably hoops, whether it be the NCAA tournament or uh, the NBA. By the way, at the end of the podcast, I will talk about the uh, my March Madness secret for all of you. I'm going to help you out a little bit. It's 
not what you think. Don't worry. Um, but go to DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA. And use promo code PFF. Bet just $1 on any team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. It is that simple. And if uh, sports betting is not legal in your state, go download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app and play for huge cash prizes and uh, all of their basketball contests. Great way to spend a Saturday, Sunday, hell, Tuesday night, whatever it is. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Promo code PFF. Bet just $1 on any NBA team to win. Get 100 and 50 free uh, dollars in bets if they win. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, 21 and over, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. It's very interesting to talk about the Chargers. And as you listed out, all those teams with the most cap space, it's not rocket science. You have a quarterback on a rookie deal, it gives you a ton of flexibility. You have a really good quarterback on a rookie deal, in other words, not Mitch Trubisky, and you can do some really cool things. But then questions arise when you have a quarterback that is maybe teetering. Is this guy top 10? Is he top five? Right? Not Josh Allen, not Justin Herbert, but someone like a Dak Prescott. Yes. And we look at the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys just had to trade Amari Cooper to the Browns for a fifth-round pick. And everyone on Twitter go, immediately shits themselves and goes, Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick? Are you effing kidding me? This guy's an all-pro wide receiver for a fifth-round pick? And you try and explain, you go, look, $20 million, they're trying to clear, they don't have cap space. And people go, well, that's interesting. Why don't they have any cap space? And you go, look, and you go to overthecap.com <laughs> and you go, okay, well, here are their biggest cap hits this coming year. Demarcus Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. We who, tried. We who, tried. Who could have foreseen? We tried. Who could have foreseen that uh, Ezekiel Elliott having a cap hit of $18 million but it, it, would come it, back to it, bite It isn't them. even that. It's, And this is the thing that people have to realize about like, um, when you restructure deals. And I thought Jason Fitzgerald, a friend of the show, member of the syndicate, yep. um, when he was on, but he also, ha he has this podcast, the Over the Cap podcast, where he talked about this really well. He said, look, every time you restructure a player's deal, you are buying, he is going to be on your team in future years. And so, so like restructuring a guy like Chris Jones is like, whatever, the, he's one of the best players on their team. So it's fine to have him on the team. Restructuring a guy like Frank Clark is dumb because- mm -hmm. Now you're hanging on. He's yeah. on your team. Like, he's there. Yep. Like, you don't want to have him. And, it, and, and like that's, like, the point with a guy like – and, again, I, I don't know the history of the Zeke restructures and everything. But, like, the point of Zeke isn't that his salary cap hit is $18 million. It's that it, if you cut him this year, pre-June 1, oh, yeah. you incur a $30 million cap hit. Like, yep. he's on your team no matter yep. what. He is cheaper to, to keep than to cut. Yep. And, like – and – and even if you do the June one thing, post June one, it's still like you you basically you don't get you don't get any cap savings. You're basically yeah. just getting rid of him for the right to sort there. of split his money from one year to the next. And again, like that's the problem. It's not even because like the cap hit for Mac we talked about, it's big, but you can get rid of him whenever you want. Cooper's the same way. If if the yeah, they, 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 they could, can they could restructure if they wanted to. Yeah. They could have tried to sign him once he was cut, but now they have all these options because yeah. they're a competitive team. He's going he's gonna to play for them now, coming from a team that didn't yeah. want him anymore. And it's like you have all these options. Your point with Zeke, it would be a loss cap savings of negative $12 yeah. million this year if they cut him. Next year, they would save under $5 million. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're saving, was it $16 million with Amari Cooper with this move? But like would have been way easier. And this is why it's so funny. And I think about how these decisions are made. There's no doubt in my mind that Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys brass think that Ezekiel Elliott is worth more than Amari Cooper. Well, it, it isn't even that. It's that. But how ridiculous is that? But it that? isn't even that. I don't even think that that's true anymore. I think that it's You though, think they actually would rather – if you gave them the They don't choice, have a choice. I know they don't have a choice. <laughs> I, I know. But I'm saying, do you think they even understand it at this point? 
I I think that when they signed Zeke to when they signed him, they believed he was more valuable than yeah. Cooper. And then I I I think only somebody who's completely buried in the sand believes that anymore. But that's the whole point of this whole like where you have to have reasonable principles to stand on because if you don't, you can get stuck in the you know, and, and, and again, like I, I, I said this on, I can't remember when, but like the last time that Jerry Jones, the second to last time Jerry Jones won a Super Bowl, Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith sat out for the first two games of the next year wanting a new contract mm-hmm. and they went 0 and 2. And then they signed him back and he won league MVP and they yep. won a Super Bowl. Jerry's been around that long to think yeah. that that is what the, that's what it is. And if you don't have guiding principles, which is, don't pay like and again like we're not trying to steal running backs money to hear that there's a cap and we have to deal with it yeah and it's just like you have guiding principles right don't buy at the top of the market don't buy positions that don't offer value because you're going to be stuck with situations like this and and again it's like it doesn't even matter what they think because they have no choice should we be should we be worried about the cowboys this year so so i put out a poll yesterday because i wanted to know um, what people thought because it was sort of we've been back and forth. I think if you would have polled us after 2018, I think both of us would have said pay Dak. No, 18. I, I think all of us would have said that Dak is sort of more in that like Kirk Cousins kind of like. Yeah, if sorry, you, I thought you meant after last year. Yeah, 18. I yeah. think 18. Remember that that Monday Night Football game against the Titans where Dak overthrew Amari and Amari walked back to the huddle and you're like fuck me or something yeah. like that and like Dak was struggling and then 2019 was sort of like Deshaun Watson's 2020 where it wasn't a great team but this quarterback's dealing like you know in the regular season he was second in the NFL in WAR and like and you know so we're all like okay well okay he's shown that top end ability. 2020 he gets injured they still pay him the deal which is interesting right like mm-hmm. why did they wait. Um, and now, so my poll said, where does Dak Prescott sit on the worthy of a market level veteran QB deal? So basically, sh- Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they all make basically the same For, amount of money. About $40 million a year. Does, does he, is he worth that? 55% of respondents said he's right on that line, which is exactly what I believe. And 17% said he was below that line, so he's basically yep. Kirk Cousins. And then 29% said above the line. So, like, this Who's, is just very Can we do an above the line? Um, list. Sure, let's do an above the line list. We might not even get the corners today, but that's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Let me save that. Above the line list. These are quarterbacks we would pay, essentially quarterbacks that you would, ex- you know, give them a new trade. contract. I would never trade. Never like, trade, but give them that new contract, right? Yeah. Which if that basically means you're paying them, you know, unless it's you know some mid mid range guy, you're paying them that um, that market level forty ish million dollar a year. By the way, Patrick Mahomes averaging 45, Josh Allen 43, Dak Prescott 40, Deshaun Watson 39, Russell Wilson 35, Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers 33 and a half. We believe Aaron Rodgers obviously going to set the the market now mm-hmm. with Green Bay. Interestingly enough, Kirk Cousins at 33, Carson Wentz now the quarterback of the Commanders. We didn't talk about that in this podcast because we we would die laughing, um, and there's just no point to talk about uh, such stupidity. So. Mahomes, Allen, we agree with them too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's next on your list? Uh, Mahomes, Allen, Rogers, Herbert, Burrow, and Wilson. Burrow and Wilson. So from there, and this is where, so this is where I find the line, and this is where I have these are the quarterbacks who I would pay, but I would understand a hesitancy to pay him because okay. I, I'm going to talk about this in a second. Because the notable one that you're missing is Lamar. This is the line. To me, the th- there are three quarterbacks on the line. Mm-hmm. Lamar, Lamar Dak, Kyler. and Matt Stafford. Oh. So so here's my point about, about the, Kyler. I, I don't think so. Like really? I don't I don't think Kyler Murray generates the drive success necessary. Like I think Murray I I don't think your offense is successful enough with Murray on on a drive for drive standpoint. Like I, I put him so like the next group of the next tranche of quarterbacks I have and there and you could go to pff.com backslash power NFL power rankings if you want to see where we view them in the point spread. The next group of quarterbacks for me is Carr, Cousins, Ryan, Murray, Tannehill. Carr, Cousins, Ryan, Murray, Tannehill. Murray's the one that's tricky because so there's I have, clearly upside there. Yeah, but I have two for you that I'm adding to the list. So your list was Mahomes, Allen, Wilson, Rogers. Um, Burrow and Burrow, okay, and Herbert, so and Herbert, and Herbert, yes, and I'm in agreement with all of those. 
I am, maybe I'm feeling generous today. I don't know what it is. Look, I'm not adding Jimmy G. I'm not that generous. But the G and Jimmy is for generous, by the way. I am, I am paying Lamar Jackson and I am paying Kyler Murray. And I'm not sure it's necessarily in that order. Kyler Murray has Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Now, it mm-hmm. may be that he is always going to be tied to Cliff Kings, Kingsbury's offense and we'll never totally see. And maybe Cliff Kingsbury, I think he got you know a little more creative last year. But the the guy, both those guys have, and this is how I think about this line. Do these guys have singularly great abilities that can win you a game or a string of games in the playoffs and, and win a Super Bowl? And Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray both have that. Now, I agree with you that they're on the end of that list. The ones that are on the end of that list for me are Wilson and Burrow, who I actually feel are very similar. Um, similarly ranked in that list. Um, I would rather pay Burrow, but both of them take too many sacks. And then Lamar and Kyler, because we haven't seen the consistency of a passing offense, but I'm not sure it's their fault. (laughs) Yeah. And both of them have unique abilities that, you know, well, it's not the Mahomes, Allen, Herbert ability, which is I'm both athletic and I can throw balls literally on a rope 45 yards down the field from the opposite hash. Like, there are still things that they can do. So I'm adding those guys. So, so I, and I'm going to add Kyler to my list of four on okay. the line, the Maginot line, if you will. But here, here's my, here's my, and maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment. With Is this Burrow. the Prescott line, by the way? Yeah. Here's my, here, I might be just a prisoner of the moment with Burrow because they, they yeah. were like, they only went 10 and seven and you know, all this stuff. But like, we've been so over the last decade of quarterback play have been so enamored, not enamored, but inundated with consistency. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, consistently amazing. Patrick Mahomes, consistently amazing. Peyton Manning, until the last year, consistently yep. amazing. Whatever Philip Rivers was, he was consistently that. Ben Roethlisberger, until the, it fell off the cliff, consistently that. And I think that this is where the Tannehill cousins and all that like emerged too. Those guys have been consistent. Derek Carr have been consistently who they are. Mm-hmm. And like so when we see them, we can see the... The, yeah. dif- the difference, right? right. We, it's a, it, it, we don't get the pop-ups, yep. right? And so, like, I think Mahomes, Rodgers, Allen, Herbert, and then Burrow and Wilson, this is where I might relent on them a little bit, but are consistently above a certain threshold where I'm never asking a question about them anymore. Yeah. Prescott and Stafford are the interesting ones where there are going to be, in my opinion, with, with Dak and the Cowboys, is I would pay Dak, but I would also understand that there are going to be some dark years. There are going to be some years like 2022 where, God, we got to get rid of half the fucking roster and half the year. Like after he came back from injury, he was dreadful this year. If you take away the Washington Commanders and the Eagles games out of that fucking schedule, he was terrible. And I think Stafford's the same way. I think Stafford, the question is, is like with those guys, you're clearly buying a tier below, but the peak can win a Super Bowl. And I just don't think the guys beneath that. And so that's my question to Kyler. Can Kyler's peak win a Super Bowl? Maybe. The answer is yes. The problem is his peaks have all come in the beginning of the season, in in the early season. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give Dak Prescott a pass. We we didn't mention Dak in either of those lists. And now I'm going to put him, I'm going to talk about him. I don't think we should overanalyze a set of games post-injury. Now, I, what I'm saying is I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. We saw some really good play before the injury. We saw some really good play before the injury the prior year. He had three really good receivers. He had a very good offensive line. All of those things are going to be tested. Lyle Collins on the block. They just traded away Amari Cooper. The problem, though... And this is what you've talked about. When you sign a quarterback to this deal, right, to $40 million a year, and you look at the difference, right, $40 million a year versus, I mean, Baker um, Baker Mayfield's making $8 million a year. Justin Herbert's making $6.5 million a year. Um, Justin Fields gonna, is making $5 million a year, right? That $35 million difference is massive. But you gain, you know, if you think about Kirk Cousins, you think about 30 million a year or something like that, 25 a year, you need to be able to produce that 10 to 15 more, mm-hmm. right? And that's what you're talking about, that the special, that special ability. 
I'm willing to take a bet on Dak because of how, I mean, it's so hard to hit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like you, you, if you take a shot on Dak, what are you taking a shot for? Five years? Mm-hmm. What is a better chance? Dak hitting or you drafting, what, maybe two quarterbacks in that time period and one of them hitting? Yeah. And I'm going to say Dak hitting is the better chance. But it comes at a pretty it, it fucking hefty cost. It comes though. at a big cost. Now, you also have a competitive team in a weak division. Okay, so that matters. The problem is not paying Dak Prescott. The problem is paying Demarcus Lawrence and Ezekiel Elliott. That if they fail, that'll be the problem. I it will not be that they. Pay so Dak so Prescott. I think the issue, and then the other issue that stems from this is I think the point that you made about Prescott, which is which is really which is a really good one. What's the length of the deal? Mm-hmm. Five. That's your quarterback, right? The problem that the Titans made. The problem that the Vikings made and the problem that and like actually it's less so that the Raiders I actually give the Raiders credit for Carr because you know and it may be because they drafted him and mm-hmm. Tannehill wasn't drafted by the Titans and Cousins wasn't drafted by the Vikings but they gave Carr a long enough deal where eventually they did compete and eventually his salary was fine mm-hmm. right yep and the problem with Cousins the problem with Tannehill and now the problem with Ryan oh it's just three years if, if, if we fail oh, we'll move on and what the Vikings have demonstrated is that's not e- that's, that's not like because yeah. you backload the deal, but you make it guaranteed. So then now, because you said Cousins' number is thirty three, it's actually forty five this year. Right, like he's got the biggest cap hit in the league if, once Rogers' yep. extension hits. So like, the five year deal matters to me, right? Because it's like this is our quarterback. You yep. know, we're burning the boats, and I, and that was always the problem with me with Tannehill. Like you remember, it was the middle of the pandemic, but when they when they signed Tannehill to that deal. Like all of our videos were like, okay, how can they get out of this deal? Yeah, they, yeah. It's like, how, like, what? <laughs> That's your quarterback, or it's not. Yep. In either way, like, just sign this, just franchise tag the guy if he's not your quarterback. And so, like, because the fit, the five years and the 10 years with Mahomes and the six years with Allen, there is enough, like, built-in flexibility where the guy's going to get his and at some points in those deals you're going to be getting a steal mm-hmm. at quarterback mm-hmm. that's the whole that's the beauty of that's having why you sign him yeah. yeah that's why you sign him then as opposed to waiting yeah it's a good point on kirk cap hit of 45.2 uh <laughs> this year um vikings under over the cap need to get under the cap let's the play a little starts. uh quarterback um musical chairs here before we get to the end of the podcast um kirk cousins where does he end up? If I if I had to guess, because I just for the sake of our profession and all this, I want Quesi Adolfo Mensa to succeed. <laughs> so you want him to trade him? I want him to trade. Like I, I think in order of in order of likelihoods, I think they trade. Uh, I think they trade him. They let him stay for forty five and just play out a tank year, or they extend him. If they if they trade him. I think it's probably going to be like Seattle or Indianapolis because I think the Watson thing is tricky because the longer the Watson thing happens, and again, we don't like talking about it, it's icky, whatever. The longer the Watson thing, sucks. Yeah. the w- longer the Watson thing happens, the less options the Vikings have. If they knew he was going to Carolina right away, then they could go talk to the Saints or they could yeah. go talk to whatever. But like, you know, the fact but, that all those teams have literally no moral compass and are just like yeah. over here trying but to. But Seattle looks like they're out on Watson. It looks like the Colts are out on Watson, obviously, in, in the division. You know, I think that the Vikings. Seattle right now is the second highest favorite, cap space. Yeah. Second favorite to yeah, sign yeah. him. And I think that, and I think here's the deal the Colts, I think Kirk could succeed with the Colts. Yes. Uh, Kirk is going to Seattle, and here's why Pete Carroll has watched Kirk Cousins throw the ball. 15 times a game and not make a peep about it and has sat there and gone, gosh, I wish I had that quarterback. And so they're going to go trade for If him. there's any and team that doesn't know the difference between an elite quarterback and a merely pretty good quarterback, yeah, it's Seattle. It's Seattle. And they're so excited to bring in a guy that's just going to be happy to make some money to hand the ball off. So they're going to go get Kirk Cousins. Okay. Deshaun Watson, where does he end up? I think it ends up being Carolina. I think Maybe so. Tampa, Tampa, Bay is the, Tampa Bay is the sneaky okay. one for me. I think so too. Because I think they're the only team so desperate that they're willing to go trade the house for a guy that's asking massage therapists to blow him like 45 times in one summer. Fuck that guy. Um, and I kind of like them going after him because I haven't rooted for the Panthers in a while and I won't be rooting for them now. Yeah, I just, it, <laughs> that, that team is going to be... Do you think they trade McCaffrey to the Texans and the Texans continue... 
accumulating talent on the, at the running back position. Uh, Derek Carr, where does he end up? Raiders. That's their I think he stays there. That's their quarterback. Yeah, I Derek Carr is the least objectionable of all those. Guys. I agree, but here's the interesting thing: the Colts are a team that's trying to compete right now. Yeah, Carr could be good for them. What are their options? So if Cousins goes to Seattle, right? They're un, they're not going to get Watson. It's Carr if he's on the block, or or Jameis or Jimmy G or Marcus Mariota. Okay, Marcus Mariota be let's, nice in that little. Let's light. talk about players that have started games <laughs> and been successful. Yeah, I mean, right. I think the problem with the Colts is you just can't keep fucking doing this. You but, got, but you that's the point. To, They've got it. If they go bring Jimmy G in, and I hope they do, but like if they do that, they're doing the same thing where it's like we got a mid-tier guy. You can at least sell. Hey, Derek Carr. Yeah, he's a is franchise a good quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the problem and is, it, it makes sense for the Raiders. The Raiders are not yeah, coming Ra- close in that no, division. The Raiders have to take. They just signed a new GM and head coach combo. Restart the whole thing. Well, and the Colts and, have. And you've cap got good space. quarterbacks coming up this year. Yeah, the Colts have the most cap space in the in the league by 21 million right now. We know that that'll change. Um, most effective cap space by 20 by 32 million. Like it's yeah. there. Like they have. Uh, th- that would be why I would do the Cousins thing if I were them because you get the one-year $35 million, mm-hmm. You get – the thing is, is the problem is, is what Kirk is going to cost in draft capital because I, I think people are overestimating what he's going to cost for the same reason they overestimated what Amari Cooper would cost. Interesting. If you take on Kirk's full 35 yeah. and you and the Vikings only have to take on the Ted and Den money, then – like that's a lot. That's an that's the most valuable thing Kirk's going to do the Vikings yep. his whole time, which is to recoup a you know second round pick. But the problem is the Colts don't have a first round pick, so like the trading mechanism for them is going to be harder. So they're going to have to basically buy, like they're going to have to use with their cap space what they can't with draft capital, which mm-hmm. is and so for me the Colts, like I said, they have to stop doing this. They have to, in my opinion, use their money so that they don't have to use any more draft picks anymore. Because they, because the thing is, they have to draft a quarterback at some point. Like they just can't keep doing this. Yeah, I agree. And, and so one year with Cousins to me is almost perfect in that you you, know, you play it through for a year like they did with yeah. Rivers. You let him go. You you know you get the third round yeah. comp pick back. You you sort of you know build for the future. And if Cousins is amazing, then go back to the drawing wow. board with him. You don't. You're not over levered money wise. So. I, that's the one that I, that one does make sense to me. For one year, who would you rather have as your quarterback, Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins? Cousins. I think Cousins is slightly better. Like I, if money wasn't a factor, I'd take Cousins just slightly. Both of them kind of like you know uh, terrified the world's closing in on them in the pocket. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard, right? The answer it's not hard. Carr is younger. The but. answer can't be Kirk Cousins. <laughs> because if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, you need someone with a little bit of like a personality that people can rally. I around. know, I know. Okay. I know. Derek Carr does have like he's corny. He's but, corny, but like yeah. the dude at least has some authenticity yeah. to him. Kirk um, just is kind of bland. The answer is Derek Carr. The answer is Derek Carr. I'll give Cousins okay. some love for the first time in his life. Uh, little ball sack or just whack? Okay, I got all right. I got a few of these. You got some good ones for us. They're they're pretty good. Okay. Um, By the way, for those of you that w- we used to get flack for not introducing segments, this is called ball sack or just whack. Eric reads to me a tweet, and I have to determine whether this is from Ball Sack Sports, one of the foremost purveyors of sporting news. You can find them on Twitter at Ball Sack Sports or just whack. In other words, a terrible take that a person has actually tweeted. Okay. John Stockton is a better player than LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Steph Curry, and it's not close either. This is the most, this is the <laughs> most absurd one that you've thrown my way. So because it's so absurd... Because it's so absurd. Who said this? Nick Adams, USA. Which is... Because it's so absurd, I don't even think Ballsack would tweet something like that out. So I'm saying no, it's, it's just real. absolute... And, and you, <laughs> it is real? And if you, if you follow him, if you follow this person, he, honest to goodness, has like the worst sports takes. He's very like political and yeah. like he just... Yeah, th- yeah, there's, yeah, there's no way, by the way, that your take about John Stockton 
is not is, political. It's better than LeBron James. Well, it's not racist bullshit. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's the Stockton being anti anti mask and all this. Right. But here's the one. So I'm just gonna read another Nick Adams tweet just to know what you're dealing with. Yeah. If you want to follow him, I called LeBron James yesterday, but it went straight to voicemail. Very odd because whenever I call MJ, it usually has six rings to it. He always comes up clutch answering my calls. Must be LeMickey has zero ring, real rings. Because the, the, the right. other one's okay. The yeah. one where he dragged the Cleveland Cavaliers through. The, he literally <laughs> he literally took the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, okay, Kyrie Irving was very good on that team. Yeah. But th they were down 3-1 to the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. A fucking 73-win yeah. Warriors team. As like, calculated, he was call he called them LaChina. Let us down again. Oh, stop so, it. So LaChina. LaChina's incredible. That one, that, uh, that Twitter handle is a priv. Okay. Um, the oh, other no. We said priv on the podcast. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, all right. Here's okay. Here's one. All right. I gotta. I gotta open it up. So look at the skill and finesse that Kareem brought to the game. He revolutionized scoring. If you took away the ability for him, LeBron, to dunk. Oh, by the way, LeBron takes so many strays. I don't get it. How good of a scorer would he have really been? It's an impressive feat, but it's apples to oranges at the end of the day. Oh my God. The funny thing is I could absolutely see some, like, old motherfucker <laughs> saying this. Uh, who's it by? Lou Alcindor. <laughs> see, that's how you know it's ball sack. <laughs> that's how you know it's ball sack. <laughs> oh, the number of people that were probably totally fooled by that um, is incredible. That's... I mean, imagine if you took away LeBron's ability to dunk yeah. the ball. What would he do? Would he just lay it yeah, out? I mean, uh, how could he be successful? Okay, at? and this is the one that I had to keep from last week because okay. it was, oh, he deleted it. Oh, I should have screen grabbed it. It was the one about the intangelytics. Oh, <laughs> intangelytics are great. <laughs> the one where he draws. Those like, are really good, like like spider charts. The spider chart where like the guy's grit was one yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. The, the... And he was serious. He, well, not apparently, because apparently the tweet doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, well, he, he got, was he got, serious. He got dragged down Past by the mob. Past, the woke mob. Yeah, the woke mob culture. got him. Um, just a couple of others that we were dealing with here. Um, uh, who, uh, who had this take? Um, he had the same exact uh, – so referring to Carson Wentz. He had the exact same QBR as Russell Wilson last season, and all you had to give up for him was two-thirds. That really isn't that terrible. The contract does suck a bit. That was by Hogs Haven. That one's pretty good. That one's a cope one. Yeah. Here's the play-by-play -play guy for the Vikings saying, quote, Kirk Cousins is better than Justin Herbert. I don't think it's all that close. Paul Allen. Not the Paul Allen that bought yeah. the Microsoft guy, but a clearly dumber one. Yeah. Um, and then lastly. That's a great, that's a great take. And then, and then lastly, um, I don't. This one's actually ball sack sports. I don't care if I miss 100 shots in a row. I'm never going to stop shooting the ball. Clay Thompson, I'm finding his <laughs> rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I love Clay Thompson, by the way. I love, dude. Ballsack Sports gets it. I just, I love. They're fantastic. Yeah. Okay. It makes us all smarter too, because you got to second guess everything yeah. you see and tweet. Yeah, you do. Ballsack will come get you. Recommendations? Um, do you have any this week? I so these are oldies, but I, I actually like went back. Someone, real quick, while you're composing your thoughts, I meant to mention this. We got a recommendation from a listener. Oh, okay. A member of the syndicate. Friend of the a friend of the podcast, um, our friend Mehmet, who said, "You guys, I would love to like see all of the recommendations." And what I was thinking about, and he was like, "I he because he sent me some good recommendations in, for Vegas restaurants." And I was thinking, we what made if, like a website with it, well, just a Google sheet. We put ours in there, and we have another page where like people could enter theirs. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how to police that. I trust everyone out there, but like. Um, that would be kind of cool. So maybe we'll do that. Anyways, your recommendation. So I watched two movies this week with, and they're nice. oldies. Nice. Both had Lawrence Fishburne in them. Great. Watched 21 again. Oh. I forgot like how kind of good that was. One yeah. of the reasons I, I went to see it is I, I met Jeff Ma in person the other day, which was kind of fun at Sloan. The, that's who the movie is about. Um, and then this one's kind of a mind fuck two years later, but I watched Contagion. Oh. And that was big when the holy uh, like that per, that was 2011 is when it came out. That was they nailed it. Yeah, they nailed it. Yeah, 
And it's sort of like crazy to think about now. I remember watching it like in like March of 2020 yeah. and my wife being like, turn that shit off. And yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, but I actually like watched it yesterday and I think you should go back, like going back and watching it and realize like how predictable some of our actions were all our as like collectively yeah. is crazy. So go, go and watch that. Lawrence Fishburne, great in that movie. Great in 21. Lawrence also. Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne is a good actor. Okay. I have, uh, I promised everyone I would give a review on places I went to in Vegas. I also have a let me save your March Madness bracket for you, okay? So I'm going to tell you what I do every single year. Every single year, I watch not a ton of college basketball. I start watching college basketball towards the end of the season, and what I do is I look for NBA players because I can't watch the garbage that mm -hmm. is. You know what I love about college basketball? The, uh, the small white point guard who's like, oh for, he's like one for six, you know, four assists, one turnover, two steals, but at the end of the game, the announcer's like, you know what? This, I mean, if it weren't for him, the yeah, leadership yeah. and the grit that he has, I mean, yeah. where would this team be without him? And it's like, I don't know, fucking maybe they'd have 10 more points. Anyways, what I do is I find the guys that are going to go in the draft and I become enamored with them. And that's how I end up picking who I have in my bracket. And every year I'm an idiot and I over pick some team that has a good NBA player, but they're just, you just can feel that, that it's not going to work out well. I did that with Candace, Kansas a ton back in the day. I'm going to let everyone know the team that I real, I caught myself realizing that I was a fan of, and that's Purdue. They have this guy named Jordan Ivey. He's got range. He's athletic. They have a bunch of tall guys on their team. They're 16-1 right now to win, win the whole thing. So I'm giving you fair warning, okay? I'm giving I'm letting everyone know that's the team that I'm sure is going to lose in the second round to some, you know, team you've never heard of like Funny Norfolk State. Richmond. Yeah. Okay. And so you're welcome. Here are the places that I went in Vegas. I'm going to give you some, some ratings here. I went to uh, a place called um, Casa Playa. It's a Mexican place at the Encore. Supposedly good. It's on like an eater, you know, 10 new restaurants to check out in Vegas. It was good. Not great. Six or so out of 10. Um, guacamole was pretty solid, but like you can't charge $18 for guacamole and not have it be mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. It's gotta be amazing. Yeah, it's got to be amazing. Um, I did get this uh, really good like short rib um, kind of taco situation. Very good. Not great. Um, Tres Leches was probably the best thing I had there. Second night, I went to a place called Best Friend. Now, uh, Bill Barnwell tweeted out a picture of steak he got there. And... Um, uh, a friend of mine sent it to me and uh, my friend had not been there. I asked him, but had not been there. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go check it out. Um, Roy Choi, who's a famous restaurant, um, a famous chef who had a really well-known food truck in LA, has a couple of um, restaurants in LA that I've been to and are very good, started this restaurant. Uh, I had the kimchi fried rice, which was fucking awesome. I also had um, the steak there. The steak was not as good as I had hoped it was going to be. It was very good, but it wasn't great. Kimchi fried rice, though, was awesome. So I then had to try some of the tacos. They had these short rib tacos. Those are pretty solid, and the dessert was awesome. And the vibe in there was really sweet. It's at Park MGM. It gets like, I don't know, 7 out of 10, 6.9. Not quite a 7, uh, 6.9. I then had to go to Momofuku. Well, that's the main stuff. And I have, and I had, I tweeted about this, but I'm like, did you get the fried know. chicken? I did not. I don't, I don't order fried chicken at restaurants. I know. It was a joke. Remember oh. when, remember oh, when yeah, Ares yeah. ordered the fried yes, chicken? Yes, it was yes, just yes. like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, I was like, what, what are you talking But like, you okay. ordered the fried chicken. So I got truffle ramen and yep. I was a little hesitant because I was like, I don't know how this is going to work, but it was awesome. It was absolutely fantastic. It's pricey because it's got truffle in it. Um, it was one of the best dishes that I've had in Vegas. And I went back the next day and got it again. That's how good it was. No. I added spicy shrimp to it. I recommend that. Um, I would go, if you're in Vegas, go check it out at Momofuku. Um, that was phenomenal. That restaurant for me has like is like an 8 out of 10. Can, can I tell you really a similar fantastic. story that's kind of yeah. funny from yesterday? So yesterday, I did my taxes. Nice. Which takes like a, an unreasonable It takes you longer than it takes me. Yeah. yeah. It took me 10 minutes. So I ordered Indian food yesterday for lunch because I, I have Indian food like once a, once a month. Yeah, yeah. And I got, somehow survived. Yeah. And I, I got like halfway through 
And I'm like, that Indian food was actually pretty good. And I kind of deserve this because taxes suck. So I ordered Indian food twice in one day. Look at you. I I will have to wait until May to have it again. But look. At least I didn't get truffle ramen twice in one meal. Yeah. I just ordered a second round of pork buns. Which, you know. You love to see it. I, and then I went to Milk Bar afterwards. It was a very, it was a large that, meal. That area of the, on, or no, that area That's of Cosmo. Cosmo is pretty sweet. Yeah. I, uh, I went like the pork belly buns appetizer, truffle ramen, more pork belly buns. And then I got a birthday cake shake and a cookie at Milk Bar. And I deserved it. Um, here's the funny thing. So I, remember, I told you I was going to tell you this story. So I'm sitting there at the bar at Momofuku. And a couple, they're about 50 years old or so, sitting kitty-cornered to me. And for no joke, the entire hour of the meal, they talked about the food they were eating. They took 45 pictures of it. They were, they were talking about the taste they were tasting. Nice. They love, were love. guessing ingredients. At one point, the guy said, I wonder what Dave Chang was thinking when he was concocting this dish. Then proceeded to ask if they thought Dave Chang might be in the restaurant that day. Um, and I mean, I'm sitting like there by myself. To me. I'm sitting there by myself, and I'm just like, that's one of my that's one of my pet peeves. And I'll never, never be that person. So, anyways, I just had to tell you that story. So, so what's more objectionable to you? The humanizing of the of the because I don't think humanizing the chef. No, is all that bad. Mention the chef once. Don't ask if he's in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. don't ask like what he's doing at that time. Yeah, because like who knows? But also the 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 food like and like look, I have plenty of friends who food selfie all the time. But the first time you're out to eat with somebody who you think is cool, and then they food selfie, and you're like, what's a food selfie? Well, like just like take the food and then like they. But a selfie is you in it. But it's your food. Okay, so sorry. They're, they take, take a, a picture, picture of the food. food and yeah. they, I call it a food selfie. Okay, okay well, whatever. send those p- people directly to jail. Not Pasco or collect $200. <laughs> but like, I just remember like, oh, so we're taking pictures of our food now. I'm like, Look, just, there's no problem with taking pictures of your food if it's like an amazing looking dish and you want to remember a meal. Don't fucking put it on Instagram. I don't care, okay? I don't care. Sorry. I Yeah, I... I don't, I don't like, unless it's, ama- if it's truly amazing, if but it what is, is one truly the, amazing, it's like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If it is one of the best meals that you've had, then I want to know about it. Okay. And then share it. Let me know. But if it's just some average bullshit, like don't just save it. Just tell me it's great. Just, you know, right, right, right. Anyways, I, now I, I feel, I, I hear you, man, but like, I, it's, it's tricky though. Right. Like it's tricky. Cause you're like. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's also not that hard. I'm assuming these people were married. Just have a conversation about normal shit. Don't talk about the food the entire time. I don't time. know, man. I feel like it like, wow, I hope, I hope it, I hope at 55, I have as much shit to talk about as I do at 35. You have a lot of shit to talk about. <laughs> Anyways, that was our podcast. Thank you for being a member of the syndicate. We love you all. We'll be back on Wednesday. Peace out.